0: This is the Extra Point podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Hey, welcome to the Extra Point. I'm Cheryl Ross, the Next Steps and Discipleship Pastor here at Southridge Church, and I'm with Scott Beha, our lead pastor. Where And we are going to dive deeper into our third week of Family Christmas Tree series that we are in. And this past week, you talked about Ruth and Boaz. Mm-hmm. You have something? I do. Mentioned? I have a
1: joke to start this off. I, I told this joke the other day, and Cheryl said I should start the extra point with it. But did you know that before Boaz was married, he was Ruthless?
0: Dad joke award of the year. Anyway, you're welcome for that. You can share that
1: at Christmas with your family.
0: Yes, Um, I'm. I mean, you know, if you're the kind of family who sits around and talks about Ruth, although I will say that um, my (laughs) my ladies group um, has loved the series and who how you've shared about some of these ladies, like um, who did we do Rahab and now Ruth. Um, they have really enjoyed it, and thought that you know you brought out a lot of good stuff um This was kind of one of those teachings that it 's a short book of the Bible, but also to like fully understand the story and the full meaning, you had to kind of go through all four chapters, yeah. and so it was a lot of content um but there 's a lot of good stuff within it to I feel like you kind of run this theme of you know how we might feel as outcasts or outsiders or not good enough or not wanted. And you're kind of hitting all these, these maybe pain points that we've had yeah. throughout our lives, um, whether from childhood or on through. And I think that that is something that resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. And maybe that's something um, that you've been really enjoying throughout this series if you're listening, that, that maybe you've felt some way like that. And we see that Ruth, you know, she was a complete outsider, yeah. right? She was not someone who um, would have normally been in this kind of situation, right? Um, but she decided to commit herself to Naomi through, you know, that really beautiful text and speech of That where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Like, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And we see that come to play. And that's really what, like, Boaz sees within Ruth Mm -hmm. um, when he hears about her and sees her and asks about her. That really, I think, is what draws him to her in a way, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The story of Ruth is... Again, this little tiny book, but, like, I would say most people don't recognize the significance of it until Mm -hmm. you hear a sermon like you do Sunday and you realize, like, oh, this is kind of like the bridge. But, like, if you were to look at it in even its larger context, like, if you were to go to the the book before, the book of Judges ends with this, like, almost this plea, like, Israel needs a leader. Mm -hmm. Israel needs someone Uh, They're going to have to have a king because Uh the judges thing is not working out. The nation continues to deteriorate. Uh They continue to turn their back on God. Uh And then there's this little book about Ruth that most people just, again, because we don't know how to read the Bible the way that we're supposed to, disconnect from all this like, oh, what a sweet story about this man who was so nice to this lady who was an outsider. Uh He goes, no, don't you realize this is the story. That is the answer to the problem at the, mm-hmm. end of, uh, at the end of Judges. Is that now King David's going to be birthed out of this family? Right. And the, the the beautiful thing that you see is, and again, this this will blow up a b- bunch of people's kind of their nice, neat little ideas about the way the world works and the way that God works. Mm-hmm. Is that if you go to even chapter one, how Ruth is even introduced to this wacky situation. Mm-hmm the The original family, Elimelech and Naomi, are are being disobedient. Right, their family is being dis- like they're yeah. leaving the land that God has given them mm-hmm. because of a famine. So they're not trusting the Lord. They end up in Moab, mm-hmm. and then the, their sons marry Moabite women, which the mm-hmm. Jewish men were not supposed to do. Now this is a family living in outright disobedience to yeah. what God has called his people to do. And yet, for some reason, the favor of God still rests upon these people despite what it is that they do. Mm -hmm. And so we get this, like, weird picture, like, okay, like, we're always told or people always think, no, you got to have it all together. you got to get it right. Mm -hmm. Those that are obedient, that's the ones that God blesses. If you're disobedient, God can't stand you or whatever it is. And he goes, well, wait a second. This is a... This is weird. His whole family is acting mm-hmm. in disobedience, and yet God's uh, plan is not thwarted. Like, God mm-hmm. still, his favor rests upon them. And then this lady Ruth is introduced through through all of this, and we find in mm-hmm. her a faithfulness to God's people and to God mm-hmm. that is not even evident in Elimelech and Naomi right. and Maelani Killian from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's like this little tiny picture that you, like you get these all throughout the Old Testament that when God told Abram that he was going to bless the whole world through him, that always meant that the outsiders would have to be brought in. Mm-hmm. That always meant it's not just going to be Israel. It's not just right. going to be the Hebrews. This is going to be a blessing through the Messiah for the whole world. Mm-hmm. You get these little tiny pictures in the Old Testament every once yeah. in a while of a really faithful Gentile. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like the first fruits of the precursor, the foreshadowing yeah. of what ultimately we will see in the New Testament church where the nations will come mm-hmm. um, to to know God. And that's what we see in Ruth, this outsider from a foreign country. Mm-hmm. And she does. She has this beautiful uh, speech in chapter one when Naomi's trying to get her to go home. And she's like, you yeah, know. And we don't even really know why this is. Like, Orpah, the other daughter-in-law, was like, yeah, that's probably Mm -hmm. right. I should probably go home. Mm -hmm. Let my family take care of me. Find a Moabite man to Mm -hmm. marry. I'll be fine. For some reason, Ruth sticks by this widowed. um, Her (laughs) mother-in-law. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right? Like, how many of us would probably be like, yeah, Yeah, I'll stick with uh, you. Like, um, it just shows this. I I feel like there's a special bond that has. uh, apparently been created between the two that like we're not privy to necessarily. Yeah.
1: It's it's incredible to see that in Ruth. And then when they get back to Bethlehem, Ruth is the one that takes the initiative to go Mm -hmm. and to find food and provision and things like that Mm -hmm. um, in a land that's not even her own. Right. Um, And so that's how she ends up in Boaz's field, Mm -hmm. is taking that initiative to provide for her and Naomi Mm -hmm. and what, One of the things that I I didn't draw it out in this sermon because it really wasn't the focus of what I was talking about. But like the book of Ruth is written in such a way that it almost looks like there's coincidence after coincidence, after coincidence, Mm -hmm. after coincidence, Uh, like just in the in the language of it. It'll be like, oh, and she happened to end up in the field that belongs to Boaz. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the way that the writer is making it look like coincidence or like when you get to chapter four. Mm-hmm. And the man just happened to walk by. Right. It's like, now listen, all throughout the whole book of Ruth, what you need to see is the providence of God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where you are, when you're there, and all these different mm-hmm. things are not um, accidents. Right. There is not coincidence. There is the providence of God that puts things in place, mm-hmm. puts things in motion. We see that even in the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. God used a pagan um, ruler, um, And and someone that was power hungry and all of this stuff to -hmm. call a census that ultimately Mm -hmm. would bring the Messiah to the very town where he was Mm -hmm. proclaimed to be born. Like Mm -hmm. in in all of these things, you have to be able to see the provision of God behind it as well. And that's what we see how she ends up in Boaz's field. Boaz, like in chapter two, it's like, oh, and then Boaz just happens to show up at his field on the very day Mm -hmm. that Ruth is there. Again, maybe it looks like coincidence to you, but those of us that are trusting in God go, no, that's not coincidence. That's the providence of God that those two Mm -hmm. ran into each other. And in that moment, he shows her kindness, which then sets up the conversation with Naomi. Mm
0: -hmm. when
1: she goes, oh, whose field were you in? Mm -hmm. Oh, a guy named Boaz. And she goes, oh, wow, this is our family redeemer. Mm -hmm. He's related to my Uh, you know Mm -hmm. my late husband Elimelech Um, so the providence of God all over this
0: yeah I think that's something important to take away too in our own lives to know that like the things that we might see as coincidence if we really step back and take a real look at it like to know that that's probably not coincidence that that's most likely God Mm -hmm. still being a good faithful God even in our disobedience moments like to know, I mean, you know, your story and hearing the way that you came to Christ and all of that. Yeah. Like knowing that even even though you knew these things, you were living a life that you yeah. knew wasn't right. But still, God has brought you to this place to where now, like, you're here yeah. in this role. Like, same for me. I think it's beautiful. It's sometimes easier to see when you look back at those moments yeah. than it is to see in the moment. But I think that if we really would just take a moment to pause and look at the situation before us, then we might see um, God moving on our behalf, even in the midst of the hard times, the struggles, the those moments like that. Like, I think, you know, Naomi, when they first entered the town, when they first came, like people were like, oh, is that Naomi? And she's like, don't call me Naomi. You know, she's so bitter. She's like, God's against me. Like all of this. She could have stayed in that place. Yeah. But I think, you know, in all this, she was able to see, oh, God is setting us up to redeem us. Like even in the midst of her pain and her bitterness, she was still able to see that moment for what it was to then begin to come out of it. And I think that's really important in our own lives as well. I think there's a lot of um, stuff that you had to kind of explain and share with us about the the Levitical laws that kind of help us understand this text better because um you know like chapter three a lot of people are like oh that's so strange and weird but like you pointed out it's it's really not weird yeah there's some really weird
1: commentaries written about Ruth three that like really paint Ruth and Boaz in like really Mm -hmm. bad light which it's obvious as you read the text the author is going out of his way to make sure that Ruth and Boaz always look like um people of really high character mm-hmm. and so these folks that try to act like whatever's happening in chapter three is some sort of weird sexual thing or yeah it's it's just kind of it's silly like they're they're mm-hmm. they're kind of trying to grasp at straws there um and i think it's way easier to just go yeah what happened in chapter three when she got all dolled up and mm-hmm. went to the threshing room floor and laid down beside boaz this was just her way of of asking him to redeem the land and to redeem mm. her. Yeah. That's all it was. She was presenting herself to him um, as a marriage proposal. It wasn't mm-hmm. any, like, you know, people try to say that she was acting immorally and things like that. That's not what's going on. Yeah. You can even see in Boaz's response, lay here till right. morning. Don't let anyone uh, know that you were here. He doesn't want her to be embarrassed because,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you have to think she's really putting a lot on the line here. Because right. Boaz could have been like, no, I don't want a Moabite woman right. as a wife. We're not not—we're not even supposed to marry
0: mm-hmm.
1: you. Like, we're not even supposed to have anything to do with you all right. and, and all this. So he could have easily, like, she could have been very embarrassed, and it
0: nice. could have
1: affected her ability to go and glean in his fields and all this stuff. And, and so it's, a, like, just, I think that you have to read the whole story and go, the author wants you to see Boaz and Ruth as people of really high character. Mm-hmm. So you interpret Chapter 3 in light of that. And then there is a lot of Levitical law stuff going on in the book of Ruth that sometimes gets gets lost. Mm-hmm. And so the whole idea of the fam- family redeemer, the kinsman redeemer, like sometimes we don't understand that because we don't understand that when Israel came and took the promised land, the land that was given to each family, mm-hmm. that was like um, their allotment and mm-hmm. God had even put you know, things like the 7th year and the 50th year, yeah. the year of Jubilee and all that in place to make sure that right. that land would always stay yeah. with those people. But they also would sell those, that land whenever they fell on a hard time. So there had to be
0: mm-hmm.
1: guidelines and things put in place to where that could be mm-hmm. redeemed and be brought back to who originally right. owned it, which is where the kinsman redeemer comes in. And he goes, well... You have to have someone close relative that will pay the price to get the land back to the original family. Mm-hmm. And then, if there's a a woman attached to it, he would marry her, have children with her, and then those children would legally be the offspring of the deceased spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, that child would then In hold her. the land um, that <coughs> was originally for that family. If you don't understand the kinsman redeemer or le- <coughs> or leverite marriage, or how painstakingly of a process God went through to make sure that Israel understood that these plots of land were meant to stay with these families during Mm -hmm. this time, then the story won't make much sense. So you have to have that background information. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. So now we kind of see the ultimate thing in this, like after they... Boaz has done his, his due diligence at the gate with the elders and says he'll buy the land, he'll marry Ruth. We do see that Ruth does, in fact, have a child. Yep. Right? And um, we kind of end with that in Chapter 4. Um, so what is something that we can really take away from that moment? Um, let me get there.
1: Yeah, Chapter 4. Um, uh, Ruth and Boaz have a child named Obed.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Obed ends up having a child named Jesse. Jesse ends up having many sons. Uh-huh. The youngest, scrawniest of the bunch, apparently, <laughs> um, named David, yep. who ends up playing a pretty significant role um, in uh, the r- 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 literally the rest of history, especially right. the rest of Christian history. Uh-huh. Um, and that all comes from this little tiny story. Yeah. That's why it's in the Bible. Yeah. You know, it's the way it does answer the story or the question that arises in Judges. What's God going to do because right. these people are a mess? Well, he's going to raise up a family. But then, like, even when you get into the lineage further, like, you get it, someone like David that came from the story. God promises David. He mm-hmm. goes, listen. Um, david I, I heard we heard this on a video yesterday um, in staff meeting God or David wanted to build God a house mm-hmm. he wanted to build him a temple to to reside in and then god 's response to that is you know that 's not a terrible idea however you 're not going to be the one to do it you' got blood on your hands, your son will do it, but what i 'll do for you is I will give you a house. I will provide someone that will always sit on your throne that 's going to come from you mm-hmm. and so again, this is all coming from Ruth. And Boaz, uh-huh. like this unlikely, how in the world did this happen other than God-type situation. Uh-huh. And ultimately we get David and then the promise to David of this perpetual king that will always yeah. sit on his throne, who then, as you continue to trace the genealogy, ends uh-huh. up being uh, Jesus of Nazareth uh-huh. as um, as this king that sits on the throne of David forever. And not in a physical sense, like Setting up a throne in Jerusalem, as some people, um, this this is, this this throne that is that that we talk about the throne of David, like this is just essentially he ends up being the king of all creation, not just the right. king of Israel. Like God had imagined for David, even bigger than what David probably right. ever thought. David's thinking in a national type way. Oh, yeah, one of my offspring will always rule over Israel,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: God. I'm sorry, that's just way too small. Mm-hmm. The king that's going to sit on the throne forever is going to be the king of all creation, the king over everything. And so this one little tiny book, four pages probably, um, ends up being one of the key things to mm-hmm. understand if you want to unlock the whole rest of the Bible Yeah. Um, to you. And it does. It comes because the first Redeemer was not interested in paying the price. mm mm-hmm. um, which, which is interesting because, the like, he fails in that regard. He's supposed mm-hmm. to. Um, the first um, human, mm-hmm. Adam, fails in that regard. The the second Adam, which is what Jesus is referred to in the New Testament, mm-hmm. does not fail in the role of redeemer. Yeah. Neither does Boaz. This is why Boaz is not necessarily a type of Christ, but it's definitely a, showing us a picture of what. Um, this coming king will one day do for us mm-hmm. which is pay the price for our sins to be forgiven so the way we can be um, a new creation mm-hmm. on our way to God's new creation
0: awesome well there you have it another great um, story about part of the lineage of Jesus and the Christmas or the the family tree and our family Christmas tree series next week um, we will finish up this series with Joseph? Joseph? We think Joseph. So we hope that you'll join us again next week for another um, Extra Point podcast where we can dive deeper into the teaching and give you practical next steps for your faith journey. Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.